What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast uh very excited to do a little intro for this episode because i have done over 200 of these babies and um never yet have i been able to speak to an active uh professional basketball player but that changed with this episode because um i was Nice enough to be joined by Lamar Peters, who, if you're even a casual Nook fan, you will know as the point guard who has absolutely been killing it up in Westchester this year. Um, as I said on the podcast, I think uh, had the season not gone down the way it did, he would have gotten a contract somewhere with an NBA team. But I have no doubt that uh, at some point, sooner rather than later, I'm going to be able to say that I spoke to NBA player Lamar Peters, even though it hasn't happened yet. Um, in any case, we had a great conversation. He was kind enough to join me for a few minutes after he got done working out. Um, just as a, a precursor, the as sometimes happens with phone connections, the sound quality wasn't a perfect. Um, that said, if you if you checked out the Ronnie Brewer episode from a few months back. Um, this is definitely better than that. So you'll you'll be able to make everything out that Lamar is saying. Just um, a heads up that it's it's not you know the the typical stellar audio quality that we you've come to expect from uh, from this podcast. Big shout out to my producer Andrew Claudio, of course. Um, and uh, I'm also going to be doing an article on Lamar that's going to be uh, in an upcoming Knicks film school newsletter in which I'll pull some of the quotes um, from the, from the interview and put it into there along with some film clips. So either way, um, check out that newsletter. I'm probably going to try to drop that on Thursday, uh, maybe Friday of this week. I'm not hundred percent sure yet. Um, one other thing before I forget, um, I have mentioned it in a couple of newsletters, but I wanted to mention it now. Um, because it's something that's really important to me. So, you know, I've talked about it on the pod, um, how everything that is going on in the country um, over the last several months um, with the Black Lives Matter movement taking a step forward, I think, in the national consciousness, um, you know, it's affected me like it's affected a lot of people in that. Um, you know, I guess I felt a personal calling to try to do a little bit more and not have this be a moment in time that we look back on and say, hey, remember when everybody kind of became very vocal and active about, you know, um, all of the terrible things that are happening to black people in this country. And then 
you know, reflect back on this. And then we ask ourselves, well, huh, why, I wonder why more didn't come out of that. Or I wonder why we didn't, you know, have any concrete actions or steps that were taken or more concrete actions or steps that were taken to try to take advantage of that moment. Well, you know, I don't want to think that in several years um, and regret that I didn't at least try to play um, some small part in affecting actual change. So um, for an upcoming episode of the Nick Film School podcast, uh, this this very pod, um, I'm thinking that uh, I'm going to record it not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend, the weekend of the 25th or the 26th of July. Um, I'm going to be asking or I am asking for people to reach out to me if you want to be a guest on the show. Um, a five minute spot. Uh, you can talk about whatever you want. Ask me what you want. I have Spencer uh, Perlman, our draft expert, willing to come on and answer questions as well. Um, and all I'm asking for is a thirty dollar donation. If you if you want to donate more, that's even better. But a thirty dollar donation and the charity. It's not a charity. The organization that I've chosen is called Higher Heights for America, and specifically, it's aimed at um, trying to get black women in this country um, more representation in our governing bodies, as well as more representation in the voting booth. Um, I, as a white man, uh, feel very, you know, confident in saying that there is no more marginalized group in this country than um, black women. And I, as many of you know, went to law school because I do believe in the concept of law and, and justice. And I just can't for the life of me think of any more effective way to make change happen than by getting more diverse people and more diverse voices into the seats of power that actually effectuate change. Um, so that's why I chose this organization. Um, you know, I, I, thought a lot about it. And and that's, you know, my heart was, was with this. So again, the organization is higher heights for America. I'm asking for a $30 donation. You'll get five minutes on the show. Um, you could either DM me on Twitter, um, at, uh, JC Macri NBA. Um, or you could shoot me an email at KFS mailbag at gmail.com. Um, I think last I checked, I had either I think I had eight or nine people, maybe 10 um, that have signed up for spots. And I want to try to keep the podcast to a reasonable length. So my goal was to get 17 people. So if you're listening to this and you want to spend $30 to appear on this very podcast, um, reach out to me and I'll get you signed up. Um, I'll send you all the info. And that is about it. Uh, So once again, um, here we go with a one-on-one interview with Westchester Knicks guard and I'm sure soon-to-be NBA player, Lamar Peters. They go on another run. Now he makes an and-one three-pointer. It's the timing of it all. Peters on fire! Lamar Peters with three-pointer number six! All right, joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast, I cannot say how uh, honored I am that he was able to take a few minutes out of his summer uh, to uh, come and talk about the year that he has just had, uh, an extraordinarily successful year with the Westchester Knicks, uh, one of only two players in the league to average 17 points, seven assists, and 40% from three-point land. 
Um, uh, a guy that I know a lot of you listeners are a very big fan of, Lamar Peters. Lamar, how you doing? I'm sure. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Um, so first things first, I, I, I was looking at your year and I couldn't help but just be blown away by, um, I, you know, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but how successfully you made the transition from college to the pros. And I, I think, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, this must have been an exciting year for him. But on the other hand, I know the, you know, obviously the NBA shut down early. You know, you could have maybe gotten that call up, 10 day contract, whatever, you, you know, whatever you want to say. And it never happened um, because of circumstances that are out of your control. Was this year more, you know, just exciting for you to be, you know, in the pros or was it more like, you know, the disappointment was, was the bigger part of it? So how do you stand when you look back and reflect on the year that just happened? Yeah, um, I was I was excited when once I seen how the NBA game was played because straight in so much space. Like in college, you know, everybody's really on top of each other. Nobody really have a feel for the game. So it's like you don't have that much space to work with. You don't really have that many chances to attack. So when I got up to the league, the G League, the training camp the next, I seen our guys being veterans, guys being much older, understanding the game more. It's more spacing, and that works to my advantage because of my speed and my capability to create, to take shots. So it really worked in my favor. So I was very excited to see how the game was played on the next level. And that would give me more confidence, and it should really show me the things I got to work on. I know it's still things I need to work on, but that really, that really was a big, a big step for me, and that made it better. What, um, because I noticed, you know, from the beginning of the season to end to the end of the season, like one thing I noticed in particular was after you came back from injury, your turnovers went way down, and your assists went way up. Like you had three straight games, I think, after your injury where. You averaged, uh, or you had like 11 assists and one turnover. You had the 19 assist game, only three turnovers, 12 assists, four turnovers. Was like becoming a more efficient distributor of the ball something that you focused on as the year went on? Yeah, that was always the goal, but it was just, when I was out sitting out hurt, I was just able to watch the games, you know, see how the games played and see the things I was doing wrong. So I was hurt those two, three weeks. I was just sitting down watching. I was, and I knew what I, how I wanted to play when I came back. I just wanted to run a team. And if that was getting us either scoring the ball, whatever it may be, I just wanted to do it. So slowing down and just relaxing, breathing more, just helped me out. Like when Marcus Morris is back in town, he always used to tell me, you know, like when you get the ball, breathe first and observe and see what you got before you just run into it. So that was the biggest thing for me. And I just did that when I came back. And it, it showed, you know. No, it definitely showed it. And something else, you know, I also noticed that you were good at this all season long, but again, when you came back, I noticed it even more. You're really excellent at finding cutters, like guys cutting towards the basket. Is that something that you've always been good at, or is that something, again, that you've kind of worked at on your game as you've gone along? Yeah, um, I've been good at it. You know, you know, I like to dribble the ball. I just dribble the ball a lot. So it's always kind of that. Whenever you see me start, whenever I just sit there and start throwing the ball on one side for like two or three seconds, I get the whole defense attention. Everybody start loading up, and they they start to think I'm like, oh, he about to go one on one, he about to drop the goal. So everybody get caught up just watching me, and I tell the guy like, whenever you see your man, this is like just terrible to cut. I'm gonna get it to you. 
So my teammates do a great job at doing that too, right? Mary Hanson, Andrew, um, even the bigs, they do a good job of rotating like to the middle. Like as I drive baseline, they don't just sit down there on the other block. They just rotate to the middle. So they were making it easier for me. So I applaud those guys too. But whenever I start throwing the ball, I just watch the defense. You know, those guys are falling asleep on defense. I just tell my men to cut. They cut. It's easy later. Yeah, because, you know, overall, Westchester, your team struggled on offense this year. But when you were in the game, they scored at a, a top 10 clip. So obviously you were, you know, you were a big factor with, with their success. Um, I'm actually even more curious about the other end of the floor. Like I first saw you, I was out in Vegas and I saw you and you popped because more I thought of what you did on defense than anything on offense because of like, you know, your height and the knocks, maybe like, is he going to be able to defend at the next level coming into, you know, coming out of college? What, what was your, what has your mentality been on defense since, you know, coming out of Mississippi state? Um, I know defense win games, so. I know you got to bring it on the demon side of the ball, but I do want to show people, you know, I'm a small guy, but I watch guys like Chris Paul at the house when they play. And it's really about just being a pest, not just getting bullied, you know. But another thing is mental, too, so you really got to be where you're supposed to be on defense. And that, that really comes with just being, like, the best shape of your life. And I just said, I don't even think I was in the best shape of my life. I feel like whenever I do get a chance to play again, I'll be ready. That's, really, that's what it really is, like, being, like, Mentally prepared, you know what I'm saying? Just being what you need to be early. So you be you need to be early, the work's already done versus being weighed in the corner when you know you're supposed to be a low man, you know? So it was those things, and I was able to watch those things when I was hurt too. And when I get back, I was able to see those things. And that was, it was really is just being a pest and just being what you need to be early. But I, don't, I, I don't really think I have any power like anybody just posting me up, bullying me. Because the way I grew up, he was always taught to be tough anyway. So I never had to worry about those problems, like just getting bullied. Oh, he's too small. I always felt like I still was one of the big players on the court just by my confidence and just being aggressive. Um, did you know that, uh, so you may not know this, when you shared the court with Kenny Wooten um, on the Westchester team, you guys had a defensive rating that would have led the entire league. Um, what was it like playing defense with Kenny? I got to ask. I'm not going to lie. Um, Kenny, he makes it a lot easier. They had times when I used to be tired, and I just get up on my man just to run up to the goal and just let Kenny just go get the ball. Like that was, <laughs> it was a strategy for us. That was a strategy for us. Like he was telling me like LP, just, just get up and send him to the goal. So I was just get up hard as I can, make the dribble, get out of control, just run to the goal and try to go finish open. And I just fade away and just wait until he blocked the shot to get the outlet, and they just worked. At a high rate, so that was really one hour strategy. For real, like, you know, man, stop letting them shoot. Just let them come to the goal. So that main case is working together. I just love doing that. I already know. Nine times out of ten, you're going to block it and you just go at it one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, no, it showed, and, and it did lead to a lot of fast breaks. And the other guy I wanted to ask you about is Iggy Brasdakis. So when you played with Kenny, you guys had the equivalent of the best defense in the league. When you played with uh, Iggy, you guys scored at a higher clip than the best offense in the G League. What was it like uh, being on offense with Iggy Brasdakis? Well, um, you know, me being a point guard, having somebody like Iggy who can really just score the ball at a high clip and go one-on-one and get his own shot whenever, that's big. So at the time when I needed rest when I was in the game, if I was a little winded, I was able just to come down, run a set for Iggy, and give him the ball and I could trust him 
to go score the ball and make the right play. So that would make it so easy. And then, you know, he's a bigger body. He's like six six. So he's he not play the game. You know, he's from Canada. He's not a play. He plays different. So it's like I trusted him to make those plays. He trusted me. So when it came down to the crunch time, or whatever it may be, we'll just communicate and see where do you want to go with the ball. Do you think you got one in? And that's how we just communicate. It's just always worked out for the best. And I just like playing with him because it was a big relief for me because I know he was able to go make plays down the stretch. Yeah, um, you know, and, and like I said, I think you guys were at like one one hundred thirteen point something points per hundred possessions when you guys were in the game together. So you were killing it. Um, a couple more, and then I'll let you go. Um, so Fred Van Fleet is a guy that obviously he's a free agent this summer. Once upon a time, you know, he was in the G League. He got um, called, sent down and recalled. I think it was sixteen times during his rookie year. You know, he's like your height. He was 17 and 7, 40% from three in the G League. You were 17 and 7, 40% from, from deep. Do you see a guy like that? And you're like, man, you know, he could be up for like a massive contract. Do you, do you look at that for inspiration or do you not even need that? Are you confident in your abilities to make it to the next level and like hit it at that rate? Um, that you don't even need to see anybody else be successful. Yeah, it's really, it's really both, but seeing a guy like him, do it actually shows me that it's possible, you know, and that that's big for my confidence. And I see what he do. I'm like, damn, we're not too different, you know. He, he knocked he knocked the three down, he's a press on defense, he make the right plays. And I don't see that much different than me. So that's really a big confidence booster. Just showing me like the height doesn't mean anything. As long as you prepare the right way, you work hard, the basketball guys are gonna reward you. So that was big for my confidence. And like Everybody know I don't like confidence, but when I see the old guys, like him, Seattle, all those guys coming in TV who just work their way up, it's a big confidence boost, and it shows you I'm heading in the right direction. You know, God's timing is always perfect, so it's not I'm not really frustrated and just try to rush it. You know, whenever I just told him like whenever somebody roll the ball out for me, take a chance and say go play, I'm gonna just capitalize on my opportunity. Until then, I told him I was just gonna have fun playing in the TV. You know, I'm not gonna. Stretch myself out. I'm still young. I still got a lot of time to develop. So seeing those guys like that make it happen and actually do it, it gave me a ton of confidence and I'm just excited for the journey still. I'm just going to keep approaching it and just keep being a great player, a great team. Uh, you just reminded me, speaking of confidence, you are one of the most confident step-back three-point shooters I think I've ever seen. How long have you had the step-back in, uh, in your bag there? Probably since I started playing, because um, growing up in New Orleans, we used to always go to Paul, but we used to always watch, you know, like, you know, hot sauce and those guys, like the professor. Yeah. So before I even, before I even, the shoot, I was just working on a lot of moves. Like, when I was young, like, I just, I was so focused on shaking the defender step back, and I wouldn't even worry about making the shot. So, it's like, as I got older, my brother used to tell me, it all looked good, but you're not making a shot. <laughs> so I started so putting two and two together. All right. Now that I hit the move, got him off me, it looked good, but it don't look good until you finish it. Like, he's always telling me, a million dollar move with a five dollar finish. <laughs> and I always put that in consideration and just like, you know what, you're right. So now they, they, they start rewarding me. Like, when I take them, they, they wouldn't be like, oh, they wouldn't be amazing. They'd be like, you never made a shot. So it's pointless. So I started putting those together and just started working on getting the reps. 
And it just it just felt so natural because I I've been doing it since I first started playing. I just first thing I started doing, I just working on step backs, ball handling. So when I got older and I felt actually going to the gym, working on my shot and putting it all together, that's how I I shoot him so confident. And that was man, Coach DA used to always talk about, you know. He's always telling me, I can't tell you nothing about those shots because they go in at a high rate. Just make sure you just keep in the, keep coming in the gym and working on it. And that's how man had that great relationship. He used to see me get in the gym and put up a lot of shots. So he knew and he had the same confidence that he had me. So, man, it was a great combination for each other also. Uh, I mean, 40%, I don't think anybody uh, can complain. Uh, last one, Nick fans will kill me if I don't ask you. Um, I've had more Nick fans in my mentions this year than I could count who are saying the best point guard in the Knicks organization is playing in Westchester, and it's it's Lamar Peters. Do you, do you still hope maybe it could happen for you at the NBA level here in New York? Like, do you like being a part of the Knicks organization? Where Where are you at on the Knicks right now? Yeah, I um, I love playing for the Knicks. Like I said, there was a team to take a chance and give me the opportunity to even come to training camp and see how the business goes. And I understand that it's business and that it's still working to rebuild. So I still love to come in and compete and try to get the job done. But it's whatever, like it's whatever and whoever come give me a chance. You know, I'm not really just too picky. I just want to touch my dream goal and just turn it in and turn it for my family and friends. So whoever it may be, I'll be excited with that journey. But if it's, it's the Knicks, I'll be excited because, you know, it's the first thing that opened me up for, for arms and warm welcome. And um, I carry those guys. They were the first to really sit me down and talk to me and tell me how the business goes and tell me the things I need to do in order to be an NBA player. So I appreciate those guys for that to the fullest. And I just hope it can happen one day with any team just so I can show the world with Lamar Peace made up. Uh, listen, I'm going to say it right now. Um, I think if this season hadn't gotten shut down, I think you would have gotten a contract in the NBA this year. And I would be shocked if you're not playing in the NBA next season. So uh, I not that you need my luck, but I will give you the best of luck um, moving forward. Although, like I said, I, I'm, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen for you, man. No, oh, no, I appreciate it, man. I just see y'all tweet about me all the time. And that's just, just a confidence booster also. So... Let me just keep praying, and I need all the luck I can get. Thank you for this um, opportunity, giving me this interview. I appreciate you. Of course, man. No, seriously, uh, the pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you taking a few minutes. Um, obviously, stay safe with everything going on. And, uh, yeah, man, well, I'm sure I'll catch you at some point soon, all right? Yes, sir. Hall in the corner saves it to that guy, Peters. He's going to drive it this time. He's going to make a play. In. Yeah, 21 for Lamar Peters tonight. Just want to give one more big thanks to Lamar Peters. Uh, like I said, it was uh, an absolute honor to spend a few minutes talking to him. Um, and I meant what I said uh, before the interview and, and throughout the interview. That dude's an NBA player, and it's just a matter of time before he um, gets his shot. And uh, I think once he gets it, he's going to stick because he's got the talent to do so. A uh, couple of reminders before I get out of here. Um, one, keep an eye out for the Knicks Film School newsletter, which is uh, going to be kind of a companion to this podcast. I got some great film breakdown of Lamar's action in the G League this year, um, as well as uh, some uh, good stats that uh, didn't make it into the episode, but which uh, I think will definitely illuminate his performance. Uh, that's number one. And uh, number two, 
final reminder, I know I've been plugging it a lot, but I'm going to plug it one more time. Um, if you're interested in donating $30 um, to um, just what is really a fantastic cause um, in exchange for um, five minutes on this very podcast, um, contact me. You can you can DM me um, on Twitter. You can email kfsmailbag at gmail.com. Again, I'm trying to raise money for Higher Heights for America and um, everything that they're doing, um, which, um, you know, I just, I don't know how you don't want to get behind because I think it's a great cause. So uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, we will be back with you with another episode um, very soon. Uh, our usual um, Monday release with Jeremy Cohen. Maybe talking about a new coaching hire. Maybe not. We'll see. And uh, until then, uh, have a great weekend.